Work an essential for success. Uh, if you can't work, uh, you end up with all kinds of trouble as far as life is concerned. Work is an essential for success. Uh, <clears throat> we have some sheets there. Uh, if you have your sheet from last week, that will be best. But if you don't, there are some sheets there. In fact, I have a sheet here. Who needs a sheet? Work in a set. Now let's rehearse. Let's go through some of the stuff that we covered last week, right? Um, <clears throat> you, you cannot be a success unless you get, um, if you're a failure in the institution where you spend half your waking life, right? You cannot be a success unless you're, um, <clears throat> if you're a failure in the institution where you spend half your working life, okay? Work, let me just cover some of the points that we covered last week, right? <clears throat> God works. Now, by the way, did God work for six days creating the world, and he's sat down ever since? What's he doing today? I don't know. Right? But he's working. There's a lot of stuff on. A lot of stuff goes on. Sometimes you hear what's going on in heaven, but there's a lot of stuff going on in heaven, right? Uh, God has not finished working. By the way, uh, <clears throat> for a creative person, is it possible for them to be satisfied and stop creating? Is it? Now, if God created the world, um, do you think he just, that, that was, that was the, the, the pinnacle of his creative ability, and that's it? I don't know the answer to that one. Right? I don't think it was, though. I think we have a creator God who is constantly creating. Uh, now, what he's creating, I don't know. He's watching over all this, but you know what? Uh, <clears throat> I would think as much as we think watching over this earth w w would take up all his time, uh, I think our God is so vast and so wonderful that, you know, th this earth is just a tiny part of what he's able to do. Um, <clears throat> but he is a creator God. God works. Uh, that's just who he is. We are created in his image, so we work. That's who we are. Work is not part of the curse. The difficulty, some of the difficulties that we have with work definitely came because of the curse. Uh, <clears throat> but work is not part of the curse. Work was instituted before the curse. Remember Adam and Eve, uh, they were, Adam was given the job of dressing the garden, of looking after it. Adam was a gardener. The first man was a gardener. He was looking after the garden. And um, <clears throat> that was his job. Uh, he was to do After the curse, he continued doing the same work effectively, not in the garden, but now in a world that was cursed and, uh, and there were all kinds of problems and difficulties with it. But Adam and Eve worked before the curse. Jesus works. Uh, we see that we are his workmanship. Right? <clears throat> um, we are commanded to work in Second Thessalonians. We'll look at that. Um, <clears throat> if any man will not work, then he's worse than an infidel. We're, we're commanded to work, right? Right? Uh, <clears throat> uh, the new man is supposed to be somebody who labors, we looked at, so that he might have to give. The old man takes, it's all about me. The new man labors so that he has to give, so that he can actually give to others, right? So uh, we were made for work. Now, I think that just that thought there, if we get that into our heads, it really helps us. Uh, we were made for work. I expect to be working until close to the day I die. 
I may not be doing what I'm doing today. I may not be working as much as I'm working today. But you know what? I expect to be working until the day I die. I, I don't expect to come to a, a point in time where I sit back and um, watch life go by. Because I was made for work. You were made for work. Now, we need to embrace that idea. And when we embrace that idea, then we try and find out, well, what work am I good at? What work am I fit for? What work can I actually be a blessing uh, to others and, uh, <clears throat> and to myself effectively in doing? You know, so, so, somebody said that if you get a job that's fun, then you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, if you enjoy your work, you're never going to work it. And that's why when we're young, we talked about last week, didn't we, Aaron, about you getting a job? But when we're young, we need to prepare. Now, listen, the reality is, if you didn't prepare when you were young, you still need to prepare. Prepare yourself for work because you're going to be working for a long time. That's God's plan. You're going to be working. Find something that you're good at. Find something that you can benefit society at. Find something you can actually make a living out of, too. That, that, that's kind of important, you know. And um, then do it with all your heart. Because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Don't let it be a burden. Oh, i got to go to work. Right? Don't, don't, don't live for Friday evening. Isn't that a silly way to live your life when you think about it? You know, I'm just waiting for Friday to come around so I can be finished work. That's a silly way to live your life. Because there's five days out of the seven there that, you know, you're just getting through. You know, you need to find something and do something that actually, <clears throat> that actually give, is, is a blessing to you, right? Then, <laughs> as Christians, we need to work in an attitude of reverence and love for God. You see, the reason we can work is because God. It's God that gives us the ability to get wealth. It's God that gives us the ability to actually get out there and work. And, you know, you only have to be sick someday and realize you can't get out to, to, to work. And then you realize how important it is uh, that God actually enables you to work. You know, you got all these little blood vessels in your head. One of them pops. And you won't be working anymore. Uh, it's God that gives you the power uh, to work. So we need to work uh, with an attitude of reverence for God. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability uh, to do this. Um, you know, the, 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 the Jews had all these kind of regulations put on them. And all the regulations had purpose. The regulations weren't bad. You know, if there was a law that could make somebody holy, it was the Jewish law. But part of the regulations that were put, the Sabbath regulations and the tithing regula regulations, in everything the Jewish man did, he was forced to recognize God. You know, <clears throat> on the Sabbath day, he could work six days, but he was not to work on the seventh day. He was to take that day off, and he was basically to remember his God. He was to worship his God. Uh, when it came to uh, <clears throat> the tithe, he was to give 10%, and he, he was to make sure that God got that, uh, that, that portion of it. So everything he was doing brought him face to face with the reality of God. Um, there's a God involved in this. There's a God, there's a God in charge. And then we need to learn to work hard. Now, <clears throat> you know, we're all familiar with the idea of the council workers, right? You've got six men standing holding shovels, leaning on shovels, and one man working in the hole, right? Uh, we're all familiar. And, and to be honest with you, uh, it's too often true uh, for, for <laughs> when you see it by the side of the road. Now, now <clears throat> let, let's think it through for a second. Right? If you're one of the man st men standing holding the shovel or leaning on the shovel all day, how long is the day going to be? Very long. Very long. It's going to be a long day. You know, but if you're the guy in the hole digging, uh, you, you'll be tired by the end of the day. But you know what? You're going to find that uh, the, the, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. 
You know, when, you've, when you've done that day's work and you're finished, you know what? Uh, uh, it, it's a sweet thing. So we need to learn to work hard. We need to learn what, to uh, understand that work is part of life. Work is what we're made for. We need to work with an attitude of reverence. We need to work hard. And then we need to work for the glory of God. Now, we started looking at this last week, but I want us to kind of develop this a little bit. Colossians 3, verse 23. Colossians 3, verse 23. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Right? Now, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, what's that, what's that saying to us there? What, is that, what does that say if you're, if you're out chopping logs? Yeah, do, it, do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. What if you dig in the garden? Do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. You know, what about if you're cleaning? Do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. Now, does that change the way you're doing it? Does that change how you feel about what you're doing? Think about it. You've heard the illustration about the girl who, who waited tables, and that was her job. She was a, she was a waitress, and she hated her job. Uh, but she met Mr. Wright, and she was getting married, and um, <clears throat> finally the day came when she was finished waiting tables. And she was so happy. She hung up that apron, and she was never putting it on again. She was never going back there again. And so they went, went, she went home. They, uh, she got married. Uh, she went on her honeymoon. Uh, they came home from their honeymoon. He went out to work, and she was waiting tables again that evening. But it was completely different now. Now she was dying for him to come in uh, so that she could wait table on him. It was a whole different thing uh, to her. You see, the reason you're doing, your motivation for doing something is a key issue to you. If you're doing it as unto the Lord, that changes it completely. Now, we're not very good at that. We're not very good at keeping God's center stage in everything we do, are we? You know, we, we do stuff and it's, you know, <clears throat> we're just getting through, making it happen. All that we're doing, uh, we're supposed to be doing as unto the Lord. Okay, another verse for us to look at here. Um, Proverbs 10.26. As vinegar to the teeth, and as smoke to the eyes... So is the sluggard to them that send them. And we had, some, we had one of the young people here at one stage. Um, <clears throat> we, we read this verse, and he decided he wanted to know what vinegar to the teeth was. So he tried it. And his expression actually displayed it all. He, his face all scrunched up. It's like lemon juice uh, in your mouth. It's vinegar to the teeth, right? Uh, <clears throat> or as smoke to your eyes, right? Ever get smoke in your eyes? Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Right? I, I think, by the way, half a tally got smoke in their eyes because of the men's home. You know, because you, if, you're, if you're driving up the road, you can see the smoke there just floating at that level. Uh, and um, uh, smoke in your eyes, a horrible thing. Now, what's the verse saying there? So is the sluggard to them that send them. 
Okay, so you get sent to do a job, right? <clears throat> uh, you get sent, sent to, we'll say, prepare the lunch, right? And you go to prepare the lunch, but you get sidetracked on the way, and you don't prepare the lunch, and uh, you go and do something else, and, and um, the rest of the family come in, and they're, they're ready for lunch, and you know what? Uh, you haven't done it. That's a horrible feeling, isn't it? You ask somebody to do something and you expect that it's been done and then when you find out it's not done and it comes back on you, uh, it's, it's, it's a smoke to your eyes and it's vinegar to the teeth, right? Now, who are we serving when we're working? Pardon? Well, hang on. Didn't we just look at the idea of what we're doing we're supposed to do unto the Lord? Okay, we're supposed to be serving the Lord. Now, here's the deal. If I'm serving the Lord and <clears throat> I'm not doing it, I'm not interested, I'm not making it happen, I'm not, not getting involved, I'm not doing it, uh, what I am is I'm, 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 I'm like smoke to his eyes. I'm vinegar to, to his teeth. Now, we need to remember that everything I do in my life is not based on circumstances and is not based uh, upon the boss and is not based upon anything human. Promotion doesn't come from the East and it doesn't come from the West, the Bible says. Promotion comes from the Lord. So that when I'm working, whatever I'm doing, you see, here's the thing. <coughs> you have some things you do where the boss's eye on you and you, know, and you, 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 know, you, you sharpen up and you make sure that looks good because the boss is kind of uh, looking at you. If you're a teacher and um, there's an inspector in, oh, well, you sharpen up there. You, 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 you make sure it's all happening because the, uh, the, there's somebody there inspecting it. But in everything you're doing, God is inspecting it always. Right now, we'll say, <clears throat> you know, you're under inspection in your job and the boss has kind of got his eye on you for something and he's having people keep an eye on you and, um, <clears throat> you know, he has you watch and he finds, you know what, when he thinks that somebody's looking, he's really working. But when he's not, when there's nobody looking at him, he's just kind of dozzing. Right? <clears throat> what does the boss surmise? Can't trust him. He's not going to be, be any good for me. You're a smoke to his eyes. And what does, he, what does he decide when it comes to promotion? Not you. Right? He's looking for somebody else. And you might be very hurt and very, very upset about it because you think you deserve it. But you know what? When he watched your character and how you were doing the jobs you were doing, yeah, he wasn't happy with you. Do you think that God watches us like that too? See, the ceiling in, in our lives is not caused by other people. The ceiling in our lives is caused by us and by God. See, God looks at you and God says to you, well, you know what? I, I'm not sure I can, I can actually give you more. You see, he that's faithful and least is faithful also and most. So God is always watching you to see if he can take and he can use you. And God takes in, and, and he's not foolish about it. He takes and he uses people uh, who he finds are actually going to do it, going to work. It. And I think, you know, if we bring God into our work situations, it changes them completely. God is watching. God is in charge in, in, in all of our situations. So we, we need to work hard. <coughs> now, we need to work for the glory of God. Colossians 3.23 again says, we'll just read it. I'll quote it here. It says, do all as unto the glory of God. Titus 2 and verse 10. Verse 9, are you there? Verse 9 says, 
Um, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Right now, what's he talking about not answering again? First, we're looking at verse 9 in Titus 2, verse, verse 9 here, right? Okay, see, uh, giving back cheek, right? giving off lip. Right now, now, why do people give off lip to the boss? Rebellion. Okay. We don't like anybody telling us what to do, do we? Do we? We just don't like that. We would sooner do our own thing. So, <clears throat> but as a Christian, you're supposed to be different. And God says, you, you, you're not to be answering again. You're not to have that kind of a spirit about you. Well, I'm as good as him, and he can't tell me what to do, and I saw this, and I saw that. You're not supposed to be like that. When you're actually working for somebody, you're to have a good attitude towards them. You're to have the attitude that you want your boss to succeed. That kind of bugs us sometimes, isn't it? <clears throat> that you want your boss to succeed. Um, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be answering it. And then it says, not purloining, not stealing, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. To adorn there means, has the idea of um, <clears throat> adding to. That we're to add to the doctrine of God by the way we work. We're to add to the doctrine of God. So that, you know, here, here's the reality. On the one hand, we're talking about God. We're saying, you know, listen, you need to be saved and go to heaven. But on the other hand, the way we, we work is supposed to actually, you know, be a, be a, be a truth or a proof of what we're saying. That we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to see something different in us. So that, okay, so you're a servant of God. So the living God dwells within you. The living God is working in you. Then uh, if that's true, it ought to affect how you work. It ought to affect how we work. It ought to, we ought to be adorning um, <clears throat> the, uh, the doctrine of God. We ought to be working well. And by the way, <clears throat> how we work as a people has a huge impact upon our society as a whole. There's a saying, I think it's a Greek saying this, but it says, uh, great philosophy and bad plumbing will have neither in the next generation. Now what does that mean? Great philosophy and bad plumbing. You can have great philosophers who are way up here in their thinking. But if a society can't actually put the nuts and bolts of the plumbing together, can't deal with the issues of water and the issues of waste and so on, what will happen is that society is going to decay. It's going to fall apart. That is, that is all up there, um, but there's nothing down there. So, <clears throat> you know, the work we all do is important. It's important. The menial work that we do is important. You know, is how you vacuum important? Is it? No. That's just something to be uh, ignored. No. Everything is important. Uh, the small things are really big things, right? <coughs> they um, read an illustration. It was interesting. You know, you know the Statue of Liberty in America? It's 180 feet tall. It was made in, I think, 1860. It was, it was <coughs> the guy who made it made it in 1860. It's 180 feet tall. Uh, it was made in 1860. And... The top of her head is perfectly curled. Now, you know, nobody was going to know. Because in 1860, there was no way of getting up on top of her to actually look and see. Now, there was no idea of planes flying over uh, that would actually see. Why did the guy make the curls on the top of her head just perfect? Because everything of what he was doing was important. 
everything. <clears throat> read about a, a guy who went into a mechanic to have his oil changed in his car, right? And um, <clears throat> the guy changed the oil in his car, and then he saw the guy uh, with a cloth, and he's actually cleaning the cleaning the pan, right? That that covers over the um, uh, <clears throat> the, the the oil pan. He's cleaning that, and and the guy says to him, "Why are you cleaning that? Nobody's ever going to see it." And, and he said this. He said, "I see it." And I am my work, and I want it to look good, right? Now, I tell you what, uh, that was a mechanic that got work, right? Now, I don't say you, you, don't, you don't have to clean all the, all, 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 the, all the underneath pans of the cars, but, you know, that was a guy who identified himself with his work, and it was important to him. And our work needs to be important, and, and, and the small things in our work needs to be important to us. You know... <clears throat> We as believers need to do everything for the glory of God. Then the next point there is work to be rewarded by God. Now, why do you work? To get paid. I mean, that's that's basic answer. That's, I mean, that's true. You you work to get paid. <clears throat> um, you know, and for 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 most of us, if there wasn't pay involved in it. It'd be kind of hard to get yourself up in the morning to go and do it. That's just the reality of life, right? But, but um, who does the pain? The company, yeah? <laughs> okay. So, so somebody needs to pay you on you, yeah? <laughs> okay. Now look with me again at Colossians chapter 3. We have two verses we're going to look at here, and then we're going to draw some conclusions from this, right? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24 this time. <clears throat> now, verse 23 says this. Okay, and whatsoever things you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. What does that mean? Let me give you the other verse, and then we'll see if we, if we can tie the two of them together and see what they mean. Ephesians 6, verse 8. Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 6, <coughs> and verse 8. And let me back up here and read from verse 5. Uh, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be, bo he be bond or free. What's that say? What are those verses saying to you there? Who gives the reward? God. That's what it's saying now. Now, what do you think that reward means? By the way, let me give you two, two things that it, that it means. One, it means obviously eternal reward, isn't it? That's pretty clear. But I think there's, there's an impact on, on the here and now too. That as you work and as God watches you, you're doing it as unto the Lord. The Lord looks at what you're doing. He looks at how you're working. And he rewards you for it. I told you the story about Willie Mullen last week. When Willie Mullen was saying, I'm not serving you, I'm serving the Lord, he may have been <clears throat> being smart as far as the boss was concerned, but that was the reality of his life. He was serving the Lord. Right? And he was looking to the Lord to reward him. Is that reasonable for you to do too? Yeah. 
as you work, expect that the Lord's going to reward you. Expect that the Lord's going to bless you. That's why the welfare system is just stinks. Because it removes all that from the picture. Yeah, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to work, and we're supposed to look to the Lord to reward us in the work. Uh, but ultimately, <coughs> it's, it's, it's the Lord that's going to reward us. There's going to be a reward of the judgment. Now, let me ask you this. What about the vacuuming? Okay. Does the Lord reward for vacuuming? What about, what about cleaning the umpteen millions of dishes and pots and everything else that happened in the household? Pardon? Sorry? <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, it's the Lord that gives the reward. We need to work because he's giving us the reward. That changes things. You know, the work, the work you're doing may seem to other people don't work. But if you're doing it unto the Lord and getting rewarded by the Lord, that changes the whole thing completely. You're supposed to work as, as unto the Lord. Because of the Lord, you receive the reward. Now, that's what the verses say, and there are other verses too. But you receive your reward from the Lord. He notices, and he rewards you based on what you're doing. <clears throat> the next one is be loyal in your work. Now, <clears throat> we've looked at several verses that talk about this, how we're supposed to treat the boss, right? Now, um, <laughs> we live in a day and age when, you know, the boss is the boss, and because he's the boss, he's got money, and therefore uh, he's fair game. You know, let's 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 just cut, cut, cut strips off him, and um, you know, <clears throat> have a heyday with him. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Definitely not for a believer. You're supposed to work for somebody. You're supposed to be loyal to them. You're supposed to want their best. You're supposed to recognize this, and I'm giving my time. He's paying, paying me for my time, and I'm looking to make him a success in what he does. So I'm looking to make this business a success. I read one guy. He was very interesting. He said, uh, there was three, three things you can do with your boss, right? Okay. Uh, he said, if you've got a problem with your boss, you can go and talk to him. Right? And if you get fired, you get fired. Right? That's reasonable. If, if, if it's a, a dishonest situation and he's looking for you to be dishonest, you resign. Right? But if you're not going to talk to him and you're not going to resign, resign, you need to be loyal to him. You need to actually be loyal to him and reckon that, you know, listen, he's the one that's providing my wage. I need to do the business here. And you, you, you don't talk him down. Now, listen, that's fair play in our society to talk down the boss. Uh, but that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to actually, if you've got something that you need to talk to him about, go and talk to him. And if you're not going to talk to him, then listen, serve him. If, he, if, he, if he's asking you to do something dishonest, you shouldn't stay. You should resign. Uh, <clears throat> but otherwise, you should be loyal to your boss. You see, uh, <clears throat> he's buying your time. And we're supposed to, we're supposed to then um, uh, <clears throat> have a right heart towards that. Now, that bothers us, doesn't it? And the reason that bothers us is because we live in a day and age when all the barriers are broken down and so on. And, you know, if somebody's in a position of respect in our day and age, what's happened is that position of respect has become a place where you throw stones at them. And we need not to be like that. We need to be loyal. You say, but listen, I don't like him. It doesn't matter whether you like him or not. You know, when we tell kids to honor their parents, does it say, honor your parents? At least the ones that are worthy of honor. No, it says honor your parents. 
when it comes to the boss, listen, you're supposed to uh, <coughs> serve him, even if he's even if he's crabby and, and, and complaining and troublesome. Uh, you're supposed to serve your boss. You're supposed to be loyal to him. You're supposed to have a right heart towards him. Okay? All right, then be honest as an employer and an employee. Uh, let me get somebody to do some reading here for us. Uh, Amos 8, verse 4 through 6. Val, would you find that? Kirstine, will you find Proverbs 11, verse 1? Kelly, would you find James 5, 4, and 5? And Jeff, would you find Titus 2, 9, and 10? All right, Val, you got the hard one. Amos is hard to find. Huh? Amos 8, 4 through 6. When you find it there, read it for us, will you? Okay, see what, what, what the guy's doing there? What he's saying they're doing? They're, trying, they're, they're, they're affecting the balances, right? They, they're, 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 they're actually giving less grain for weight. They're saying, here's a shekel. And then, but it's not, that's not what they're getting. They get less grain than that. Christine, can you read your verse? Okay, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. God does not want you cheating people. Yeah, you know, give me an illustration. I knew a guy. He had a he had a vegetable shop, right? Uh, I was in the fruit and vegetable business years and years ago now. But he had a he had a fruit and vegetable shop, and he had a fruit and vegetable shop down uh, opposite the um, <clears throat> Fatima Mansions, right? And now I don't know why he did this because it's kind of daft. Fruit and vegetables are always cheap, uh, and the markup on them was pretty good. But what he would do is when he was selling stuff, he would have you know you remember the old scales where you put the weights on one side and uh, end up. He would have a false weight on it, right? <clears throat> and um, so so he he would weigh your tomatoes, and if there was five tomatoes in in a pound, you'd get four, and the scales would go down. Well, one of the ladies decided she wasn't happy with this. Right, and she, she said, there's something. So you know what she did? She took her tomatoes and she brought them into the butcher next door and she said, would you put those on the scale for me and tell me how much they are? How much? And she found out there was not a full pound in them. And you can imagine what that did to the guy's business. When it, when it got around the fact that he, was, he had a false, he was using false weights. Now, <clears throat> God does not want you to cheat people. Why would you cheat people? You don't believe the rest of the stuff we're talking about there. You don't believe God's in charge of the whole thing. You don't need to cheat people. You be fair and honest and open and generous even uh, with people. And God will be fair and honest and open and generous with you. But if you do false weights, you know, <clears throat> and God does, God, and God shortchanges you, you're finished. We don't understand he's in charge of all of it. Okay, Kelly, you're, you're the next verse there, yeah?
Okay, the labor is worthy of his hire. You're supposed to give. You're not supposed to hold on to somebody's money when you hire them to do work. You know, you get them to do do the work for you, and then you say, "Oh yeah, I'll pay you sometime," and they, they never get paid. You're not supposed to do that. You know, if, if you have somebody working for you, you're supposed to pay them uh, for the work that they're doing. That's important. By the way, <clears throat> understand this: that with God, none of these things are small. That when we withhold what we owe other people, God gets involved. He doesn't like that one. He gets involved in that one. All right, then, Jeff, Titus 2, 9, and 10. Okay, so how you actually act as a servant and how you act uh, when you're an employer or an employee actually adorns, adds to, or subtracts from the doctrine of Christ. This is important stuff, right? Uh, all right then. <clears throat> and then you need to work with excellence. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Who? Julie, can I get you to read that for us? Proverbs 22. Okay. Okay, a man who is diligent in his business. Now, what, what does diligence mean? Hardworking. Hard somebody who's hardworking, somebody who actually does the business, uh, somebody that you can depend upon to do the business. Now, let me read you an interesting story. It's not about mechanics, Rory, right? Um, <clears throat> so we're picking on you tonight, right? Um, <clears throat> there's a story told of one of the, uh, these investigations in Toronto a number of years ago. A writer for a local paper took a spark plug wire off his engine, making the car run unevenly. He took the car into different shops and asked them to fix it. Uh, time after time, people sold him unnecessary repairs or charged him for repairs that were never done. Finally, he went to a small garage. A fellow named Fred came out, popped open the hood and said, let me listen to that thing. After a few seconds, he told the reporter, I think I know what's wrong. He reached down and grabbed the wire, announcing your spark plug wire came off and he put it back on. The reporter said, what do I owe you? I'm not going to charge you anything, Fred replied. I didn't have to fix anything. I just reattached the wire. Uh, the writer then told him that he, what he was doing and that he had been charged all kinds of money by mechanics looking at that same wire. He asked Fred, why didn't you charge me anything? Fred said, are you sure you want to know? I happen to be a Christian and believe that every, everything we do should be done to glorify him. I'm not a preacher and I'm not a missionary, but I'm a mechanic. And so I do it honestly. I do it skillfully and I do it to the glory of God. The next day in the newspaper was a headline that read, Christian Mechanic, Honest to the Glory of God. I would dare say that all the preachers and pastors and missionaries in Canada, Canada that day did not have any greater effect for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God as that one honest mechanic. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. See the impact this thing has? This is huge. And <clears throat> we like to get into the place where there's our Christian work and our secular work. There is no line in this sense. In this sense, all the time, what we're doing is we're doing it to serve the Lord. And people are judging our God on what we do and how we do it. Isn't that true? 
You know, you witness to somebody and then uh, they see you shortchanging somebody else. What do they do? Ah, yeah, I knew. Right? <clears throat> this God thing is not up to much. You know, if you're not honest and upright and hardworking and diligent, people are going to look at you and they're going to, it's going to subtract from the doctrine of God. Now, so what do you do about it, right? <clears throat> um, listen, we need to understand this is our lives. All of us work. All of us are going to do something to work. All of us have to do something in work uh, that we're going to come to the place where we actually do it effectively. We do it for profit for ourselves and we do it as a blessing to society and to uh, whoever it is that we work for. We have to. Now, if you're, if you're not in that place tonight, then get in that place. Learn a new skill. Take on something new. Uh, but come to a place where you can actually know a job, do it well, and be a blessing uh, to others. And be a blessing to yourself. Stop, stop thinking of work as being something to avoid. Right? If, if you avoid work in your life, it, it, it makes it very hard. Listen, you can, you can stand... You, <clears throat> it takes much more work to avoid working than it does to actually do the work. Isn't, isn't that the truth? The day goes longer. It's hard. You, you need to get something that you're doing that you're fully involved in and that you're doing to the glory of God. There's no way for us to be successful in life if we don't come to the place where we actually are successful in this thing called working and we enjoy it and we're blessed and a blessing in it. All right, any questions? This is, this is a key issue for us. Uh, <clears throat> and by the way, the, the idea of doing it to the glory of God... So often we miss, don't we? I can uh, <clears throat> preach a sermon uh, and, and do it to the glory of God. But what if I'm painting a fence at home? Pardon? Yeah, doing a smile on your face. Uh, you know, doing it knowing that the Lord is seeing it. That changes the way you do it. What about, what about if you're dust in the, uh, the living room? You know, doing it as though the Lord's looking at it. That, that's a key issue for us. Any questions? All right, then. We got it all, yeah? We got it all nailed down, right? All the mechanic stories, but we're good tonight, aren't they? <laughs> all right. Uh, let us close a prayer, and then what we'll do is we'll take a prayer request, and, uh, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer with our needs and burdens. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word and for its blessing upon us. Now, Lord, would you bless us? Help us to be the workers that you desire us to be. Lord, help me uh, as the pastor and, Lord, in the other jobs I do to, to work as unto you, Lord, and that you might be pleased and the doctrine of Christ might be adored. And help each one of these, Lord, men and women. And even children, Lord, uh, to work as though they're working unto you. And Lord, may you be pleased, may you be blessed, and Lord, may each one of them, uh, Lord, receive reward from it, both here and in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.